Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Haperset would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. I'm so thirsty. Today, I would like to talk about the five mandates of heaven again from the Lord Jesus Christ. Let us pray. Father, we thank you so much, Lord, for speaking to all of us. Lord, the best teacher, the Holy Spirit, help us, Lord. Holy Spirit, you are in us and on us, and you're in this room with us. We want to open our ears to hear what you want to say. We don't want just to have hate knowledge, but we want to have the light and the revelation of God that will shine into our heart, and we can practice. We will believe. We have faith in what you say in the Bible, Lord, and we can walk in it, and we can experience your goodness and your promises, Lord. We want to surrender to you and ask you to teach us today. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, Amen, Amen. I hope I can finish the sermon today regarding the five mandates. God spoke to me that in the end time church, He wants to see these five things happen in the end time. Number one, we talk about loving the local church and commit yourself to a local church to build the church. The Bible promises that when we build the church. He will shake the heavens and the earth, the dry land and the sea, and he will bless the people who get involved in building the house of God. And not only that, we should not be Christian who roam around in the city without a family. We need to commit ourselves into a good home. Even the Bible say in the book of Psalm 92. Let me read that one more time. Psalm 92, verses. 12 to 14. The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bear fruit in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing. How many people want to prosper? How many people want to be flourishing? I want to, and one of the key is to plant ourselves in the good house of God, where the word is preached, where the Holy Spirit or the living water is moving to touch our life. So that's number one. Number two, God speak to me that believers in the end time should live a holy life. Holiness is rare, subject to hear in the church, because it's very sensitive subject. People don't want to talk about sin, about living a holy life, but it's in the Bible, and the Bible says that Jesus is coming back to meet the bride, the bride that wears a white linen cloth of white linen, and the white linen is symbolic of the righteousness of the saints. So God wants all of us to be righteous and holy in our words, our heart, and action. Definitely, we cannot do that by our own strength. That's why we need a Bible. 
We need to learn what is right and what is wrong, and we need the power of the Holy Spirit to live a holy life. I don't know about you, but I myself have determined to live a holy life. Number three, God say, grow up, become mature in Christ. Stop being a baby. I notice in my life as a pastor, I've been a pastor for more than 30 years now. I notice that the root of many problems in people's life, whether parenting problem, marriage problem, any relationship problem, come from immaturity. That God's people keep going to church, but never grow up. They come to church for one hour, listen to 15-minute sermon, they leave, and they still the same way they come in, and they never grow up. We need to grow up. We need to change. If you're a short-tempered person, you need to grow up and say, God, I repent. I'm going to stop being a short-tempered person. If you are a selfish person, you say, God, I need to stop being selfish. I'm going to grow up to be like Jesus. I want to be generous like Jesus Christ. We need to grow up, become mature like Christ. Number four, we have learned that God wants all of us to really love him and become prosperous and successful. Our Father in heaven is a good Father. He doesn't want his people to be sick, poor, broke, in debt, and fail. He wants us to be prosperous, successful. That's why Jesus said that the thief came to kill, to steal, and to destroy. But I have come so that they, which means you and me, can have super abundant life. The life that is more than, more than enough. And that is the will of God in the end time church. That when people outside look at the people in the church, wow, why you are so blessed? Why you look so healthy? Why your family is so happy? And when they see that, they say, who is your shepherd? And we say, Jesus Christ is my shepherd. And they say, can I join your flock? Come in and believe in Jesus and join the flock because God is going to take care of his sheep. Amen? So that's number four. Number five, we talked a little bit two Sundays ago that God wants us to dwell and live in his presence. Christianity is not a religion. Christianity is not about rules and regulation, don'ts or do's. Christianity is relationship. And in that relationship, we need to be in his presence. How can you fellowship with a person without being in the presence of that person? You need to be in the presence of that person to have relationship, to talk, to hear, to communicate, to share life together. Actually, eating dinner together is a fellowship because when you sit there, you pass the plate of potato and everyone share the potato in the plate. You share food together. You share heart feeling. You talk and that is relationship. I have relationship with my wife when her presence is there with me and we can talk together. Yesterday morning, we were walking in the Waikiki beach together and we just fellowship and talk and have a good time in the Waikiki beach together. Because I want to spend time with her and get to know her. Without her presence, it's meaningless to stand on the Waikiki beach. Her presence is more important than the beach itself. I want to spend time with her. The same thing, we need to have 
the presence of God in our life and talk to Him and have relationship with Him. When the Bible talk about the presence of God, let me review a little bit. God is everywhere in the world, in the universe. He is omnipresent. But there is a condition called the manifest presence of God. That God shows up in such a way that you can feel, you can sense His presence. And the Old Testament used the word the glory. The glory in the Hebrew language is the word kabod. The word kabod means heavy. When God's presence is so heavy, so thick, we can feel His presence. And the Bible used the word the glory or kabod. The word kabod or the glory means God shows up in the thick way or tangible way. And when He shows up, He comes with His attributes or His character. You can sense the love in that atmosphere. You can sense the peace, the power, the patience, the joy, the compassion. The Bible says, in His presence, there is fullness of joy. In the home, if any home is filled with the presence of God, there will be joy in that home. Laughter and smiling. You will have the love and peace in that home because the presence of God is there. The attribute of God is there. And God said, His people need to dwell in His presence or love His presence. In the Old Testament, when we read the scripture in the Old Testament, we need to understand that all the story in the Old Testament are the types or the shadows of what will happen to us today in this church dispensation. In the Old Testament, is the law dispensation. Today, we are in the grace dispensation in the church era. But we can apply the principle from the Old Testament, such as in Exodus chapter 13, verses 21 to 22, talking about the presence of God was leading and protecting his people. And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead the way, and by night in the pillar of fire to give them light so as to go by day and night. He did not take away the pillar of cloud by day or the pillar of fire by night from before the people. The children of Hebrew, the children of Israel, were believers at that generation. We are believers in this generation. At that time, God gave them the tangible presence in the form of the pillar of fire and the pillar of cloud. The presence of God was there in the wilderness to lead their way, to protect them. When the army of the Egyptians came in to attack them, they saw the pillar of fire. They could not touch the, God, the people of God in that generation. When you live in the presence of God, there is a special protection. Other people may get attacked with cold or cancer or disease, but you are protected. The disease and sickness cannot touch you because you are living in the glory of God, in the presence of God. So that's why we need the presence of God to lead us, to tell us what to do, and to show us the way. Leviticus chapter 9, I'm going to read many scriptures. Leviticus chapter 9, 23, 24. 
And Moses and Aaron went into the tabernacle of meeting. Tabernacle of meeting is compared to the church today, the place that people come to meet together. And came out and blessed the people. Then the glory, again the glory, the kabod, the tangible presence of the Lord appeared to all the people and fire came out from before the Lord and consumed the burnt offering and the fat on the altar. When all the people saw it, they shouted and fell on their face. Again, in the assembly, in the church, in the place where the community of people come together, the presence of God shows up. This morning when I walk into this building, I pray God, I cannot preach this message. I cannot run this church without your presence. I need your presence. I want to be like Jesus. I want the presence of God to come upon me and speak from the presence of God, not from my own intellectual ability, not from my own mental ability, but I will speak from the presence of God. I want the presence of God to fill this room that people who come here that get sick will be healed. People who are discouraged will be encouraged. I want the presence of God to touch people. We need the presence of God in the meeting. And then God's people will experience His presence and know that God is real. I believe that many people in the U.S. have left Christianity. Many children, second generation, third generation, where the parents go to church and they left the church, they left Christianity into something else because the church was so dry, there was no presence of God, they never met God, it's just all religion and tradition and ritual. And that's why they say, when they get 18 years old, bye-bye. I'm tired of going to church with you. It's just about ritual and tradition. God's people, young or old, need to experience the presence of God. In Second Chronicles chapter 5, verses 11 to 14. And it came to pass, when the priests, who are the priests today? We. The Bible say in the book of Peter, we are God's holy priesthood, royal priesthood. When the priests came out of the most holy place, for all the priests who were present had sanctified themselves. We talk about holiness. We need to sanctify ourselves. We need to stop sinning. We need to repent without keeping to their divisions. And the Levites, who were the singers, all those of Asaph and Haman and Jidutum, and their sons and their brethren stood at the east end of the altar, clothed in white linen. White linen, righteousness. We need to be the priests of God who live a holy life and walk in righteousness. Having cymbals, string, instruments, and harps with them, 120 priests sounding with trumpets. When we come together, we worship the Lord because God enthroned the praises of his people. That's why don't come to church after the worship. Come before the worship time. And come in and start to worship the Lord. You know, a lot of people think that worshiping God is a waste of time. No. When you worship God, the presence of God shows up. And you're going to see a breakthrough in your life. Miracle in your life. At one time, my wife, Pasada, had some bleeding from her womb. And she went to see a doctor. And the doctor said, you need to have hysterectomy. Because you have endometriosis. 
She had suffered from that for many years. Eventually, the doctor said, "This is it. You need to have a hysterectomy." We went to a church in Bangkok. While we are worshiping, the presence of God shows up. She sends the presence of God on her body. The bleeding stops at that moment immediately, and after that, we had a baby, and we gave her the name Joy, because the joy of the Lord filled our heart. That God healed my wife. In the time of worship, therefore, brother and sister, come to church before time, so that you can enter into the house of God and worship God. And in your full worship in spirit and in truth, God shows up and He can bring the breakthrough to your life. Very important. Indeed, it came to pass when the trumpeters and singer were as one, when we worship together in unity, one mind, one heart. What happened to make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord, and when they lift up up their voice with a trumpet and cymbals, an instrument of music, praise the Lord, saying, "For He is good." Everyone say, "For He is good." Don't come to worship like this. What that worship leader is doing? What is a drummer is doing? Don't come and stand. And watch. No, you worship. You sing. You make voice out of your mouth. Amen. You sing to the Lord. You say, "For He is good. For His mercy endures forever." That the house, the house of the Lord, which means the church today, was filled with a cloud. I hope we experience that one day in our church. The cloud of glory move into the church. That you cannot even see one another. I read many story about great evangelists in America, and when I read those book, that when they were worshiping God, this is in the 70 and 80 in America, the cloud of glory move into the house, and people just fall under the power. God shows up in the meeting. Wow! I believe people in that room, in that meeting, must be very hungry and seeking the Lord together. God shows up when people praise God, and when people are hungry for the presence of God. I teach you this lesson so that you will be hungry for the presence of God. The Bible says so that the priest could not continue ministering because of the cloud, because of the presence of God shows up in a thick way that they can see as a cloud. For the glory of the Lord filled the house of God. Wow! How many people want to have that kind of meeting in the church? We need to be educated. We need to be hungry for the presence of God. I remember many years ago, I went to Hong Kong to preach, the camp in Hong Kong. And after I preached, I began to call the presence of God down, start to lay hand on some people. Suddenly, the presence of God was so strong. I have to grab the pole for the microphone. Because I was so drunk in the Holy Spirit, the presence of God was so thick that I could not minister any longer. I was really drunk and could not function any longer. One time, I was preaching in Indonesia. I was invited to preach in a church in Solo, Indonesia, and the presence of God was so strong. God touched people. And I eventually was on the ground, crying and laughing on the ground because the presence of God was so strong that the minister could not function. 
Wow, that is wonderful to have that kind of meeting, huh? The presence of God shows up in the meeting, and I expect this, the camp this year we're gonna have the thick presence of God. Amen, amen. In the book of Second Chronicle, chapter seven, verses one to three. Second Chronicle seven one to three. Again, the temple means the church. The priest means believers. Praise and worship. When Solomon had finished praying, fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifice, and the glory of the Lord filled the temple. Some of you may think fire came to burn my husband right now. He gave me a hard time. No, I'm not talking about the fire burning your husband or burning your wife, but the fire of God came to visit people. Have you ever thought this way when somebody offend you and give you a hard time? God sent fire to burn that person. And the priest could not enter the house of the Lord because the glory of the Lord had filled the Lord's house. When all the children of Israel saw how the fire came down, the glory of the Lord on the temple, they bowed their faces to the ground on the pavement, worshiped and praised the Lord, saying, For he is good. Everyone say, for he is good. For his mercy endures forever. Everyone say, God is good. His mercy endures forever. Hallelujah. We need to come to church or care group. Or we need to gather together as a family altar. With a heart attitude, God, you are good. I worship you. I'm hungry for you. Show up in my house. Show up in this meeting right now. This is not just like motion of religion and just tradition. Just go through the motion of singing three her, three hymns and three hers, and then have a love offering, and then preaching 15 minutes, and everyone stand up and hurry to go to football game. No. We are here because we seek God. We are hungry for God. We want the presence of God to show up. And when the presence of God touches us, it will bring some changes because He rubbed on us. We will never be the same. We, you're going to become a new man, a new husband. Amen? You're going to be a new woman. Not a new husband means that you marry a new husband, but a new man. The husband become a new man. And your wife is going to be a new woman. Amen? New person in Christ Jesus because God shows up and touch you and rub on you. The Bible says in Haggai chapter 2 verse 9, The glory of this latter temple shall be greater than the former. This is a prophecy. Say the Lord of hosts, and in this place, in the place that is so full of the glory, I will give peace, say the Lord of hosts. In that time. They talk about the temple of Solomon. The temple of Solomon was destroyed by the army of the uh, enemy of Israel. Then they built another temple. Haggai told people to build another temple. And God gave the prophecy that the presence of God in this new temple. Can you imagine we read Second Chronicles chapter 7 and 5 about the temple of Solomon. The glory was so thick that they see the cloud of glory. And they say the new temple will be even more. The glory will be thicker. Now we are in the church age. We read the book of Acts. 
and we can see that in the book of Acts, the glory of God was so thick in the upper room. The fire of God came down. Few people speaking in tongue. They got drunk in the Holy Spirit, and when the glory of God shows up, the building was shaken. The prison door broke open. So many miracles happened in the early church. We are in the end time church. We are the latter house, the latter church. They are the early church. We are the latter house, and the Bible say again, the glory of this latter temple, the end time church, shall be greater than the time of Paul, Peter, Timothy. We should expect. The presence of God in the house of God and in our life ministry greater than the time of Peter and Paul and Barnabas. How many people believe God can give us more glory in the end time? How many people say, "I want to be ready"? I believe that the reason we don't see that yet compared to the early church because we are not ready yet. Many Christians are not ready for the glory to show up. Because they're gonna run away from the church, they are so scared of the presence of God. In the time of Moses, when the glory of God showed up in the mountain, the Bible say Moses and Joshua drew near to the glory, but the children of Israel drew back and ran away from the glory. I hope that we are not that generation. We are not running away from the glory or the presence of God. We need to love the presence of God. Amen. Hallelujah! We need to expect the glory to show up in our life. Let's look at Exodus chapter twenty-four, verses sixteen to seventeen. Exodus twenty-four, sixteen to seventeen. Now the glory of the Lord rested on Mount Sinai, and the cloud covered it six days. And on that seven days, He called Moses out of the midst of the cloud. The sight of the glory of the Lord was like a consuming fire, on the top of the mountain, in the eyes of the children of Israel. My dear brother and sister, when God shows up, He will talk to you. He will call you. Come up higher. When the Bible talk about the mountain, the mountain in the time of Moses is a real physical mountain that there was the presence of God. Today, you don't need to go to find the presence of God on Mount Rainier. No, we don't need to climb Mount Rainier to find the presence of God. Spiritually, the mountain for us today it means we live in the presence of God, the tangible presence of God, and we live in the higher plane than other normal human being live. Do you know that snake cannot be in the high altitude? They will die. When we live in the high mountain, spiritual mountain of God, we live above the storm of life. It's like an eagle. You know, the eagle always at the top of the mountain. The Bible compares like an eagle. They fly with the wind of the Holy Spirit, and in that presence, we live above the problem of our life. We live in the high plane, in the supernatural plane. In the plane of the miracle, victory, in the presence of God. Yes, you still walk on earth here, but your life, your life is walking in the mountain, 
in the high plane everywhere you go in the spiritual realm. Amen. How many people want to live that way? I want to live that way. I want to live in the high plane, in the presence of God. God called Moses up to meet him. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8, verse 14, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. When you live in the presence of God, God will lead you all the time. He will tell you what to do. We're going to learn this in detail in the camp this year. The camp title, the topic is led by the Holy Spirit or the Spirit led life. He will lead you everywhere you go. Even though people don't see the presence of God around you, He will tell you what to do. He will let you know what to say. He will guide you, lead you, because you are living in the high plane. Maybe somebody wants to come and do business with you, and the Lord says, no, 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 don't get involved with this person. You're going to be in trouble. You back off, and you say, no, I will not do business with you. He will lead you and guide you every day. Second Samuel chapter 6, verse 11 the ark of the Lord remained in the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite, three months. And the Lord blessed Obed-Edom and all his household. Do you know that the ark of the covenant in that generation, the Holy Spirit or the presence, the tangible presence of God was not with people. The, the presence of God was on only the king, the priest and the prophet. But for regular people, they don't have the Holy Spirit on the inside. The presence of God was on the ark of the covenant in that generation. When David make a mistake and dare not take the ark of the covenant to his hometown, to the city of David, the man named Obed-Edom, he was not even a Jewish man. He was a Gittite. He was a foreigner. He said, okay, I take it. He put the Ark of the Covenant in his house for three months. And while the presence of God was there, the Bible says his house was blessed for three months, not just him, all his household. And when King David heard the story, oops, oops, oh, I make mistake. No, 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 no. He sent his soldier there and he took the Ark of the Covenant back to his city. No, I want to be blessed. Not that man named Obed-Edom. I want to be blessed. My dear brother, sister, in my own personal experience, when I live in the presence of God, the Lord bless me so much in everything I touch, everything I do. He protects me. He leads me. He gives me success in my practice. He guides me during surgery. The presence of God bless me. I am, I want to be the house of Obed Edom. I want the blessing upon my life. I want to welcome the presence of God. I don't want to be ashamed of the presence of God. Amen? Hallelujah. How many people want to be blessed? How many people convinced that the presence of God is important? Amen. Look at Isaiah chapter 6, verses 1 to 10. Isaiah 6, 1 to 10. In the year that King Uzziah died, I, mean Isaiah, saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up. And the train of his robe filled the temple. Isaiah entered into the vision and entered into the presence of God. Above it stood seraphim. Each one has six wings and two he covered his face. 
and with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one cried to another and said, "Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. Our God is the holy God. The whole earth is full of His glory." It's hard to decide that the earth is full of the presence of God. It's hard to decide that your house. Is full of the presence of God. It's hard desire that when you walk into your company, your office, you bring the glory or the presence of God there. You are the carrier of the presence of God. The atmosphere will be changed when you show up because you carry the presence of God. Let's spread out over the city. And take the presence of God with us, because we are the carrier of the presence of God, full of glory. The earth is full of His glory, and the posts of the door were shaken by the voice of Him who cried out, and the house was filled with smoke, with cloud. Again, the presence of God. So I said, "Woe to me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips." And I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips, for my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. My dear brother and sister, when you live in the presence of God, you will see His perfection. You will sense His perfect attribute, holiness, and you realize that you are nothing. You still have a lot of problems and a lot of sin in your life that you need to repent and you need to change. You will be more humble and say, like Isaiah, God, I'm a man with a bad habit. I'm a man with bad mouth. I'm a man with bad attitude. Change me, Lord. I don't want to be the same. When I stand in Your glory, Your presence, I know who I am now. I am a man of unclean lips. The one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand. A live coal, which he had taken with a tongue from the altar. This is about the fire of God, the presence of God, and he touched my mouth with it. When the fire of God, when the presence of God touched you, what happened? Behold, this has touched your lips. Your iniquity is taken away, and your sin purged. Also, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, "Whom shall I send?" And who will go for us? The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Us, not me. All three, the Trinity. Then I said, "Here am I. Send me." My brother and sister, when you are touched by the fire of God, when you are touched by the presence of God, He will take away some of your iniquity, your bad habit, your selfishness, your lover of money. Maybe you are. Uh, addicted to drugs or gambling or something, he take it away, and he prepare you to be the servant of God. And he say, "Can you go for me? I send you out to reach to that neighborhood. I send you out to reach that nation for me." Uh, how many people want to be sent out by God to touch your neighbors, to touch your co-workers? I want to be sent out by God. I want God to touch me. I have only one life to live. My dear brother and sister, I want to say one thing. Maybe I say this already, but I forget. Is that one day I was driving 
from Kirkland to Belleville back to my home. The Lord spoke to me, my son. People in the world are preparing themselves for retirement, for 01k, for their Medicare and their Social Security. They buy the home so that they have a safety place to live. They prepare everything for their kids. They save money for inheritance for their kids to live comfortably. But how many of my people are preparing their life to be in heaven for eternity? How many people really accumulate up the material to go up to heaven to build their own home in heaven? How many people think about eternity? Very few in the church. Most people just think about day by day. You know why? Because we are living in the physical world and we are living in the physical body. We just only care about the physical thing. We forget about heaven. I want to encourage all of you: don't live for this world. This world will fade away one day. Live for God. Start to send your material up to heaven, and you're going to have a nice house in heaven. Once you die, the last breath of your life done. No more sending material to heaven. When you get to heaven, you say, "Thank my pastor. He warned me on." July 17, year 2016, that I need to live for the kingdom of God. Oh, my house looks like a mansion here. But another member who is falling asleep right now in this sanctuary did not listen to this message. When they get to heaven, oops, a checky house, pastor, you didn't tell me that I need to live for God on earth. And I say in heaven, I'm sorry, I told you on July 17, year 2016. At 11:30 a.m., but you fall asleep in the church. You didn't listen to this, my dear brother, sister. In 1985, when I stepped into America, I knelt down in my bedroom and said, "God, I used to have a plan to have a nice house on the water, have boat, airplane. I want to enjoy my life with marble in my house. Today, I knelt down and said, 'God, I give my life to you.'" I will serve you all the days of my life. Use me in Seattle. I give my life to you. My money is your money. My house is your house. I'm gonna live for you until the last day of my life. And I'm glad I made that decision in 1985. And two years later, I became a pastor of this church. I give my life because I think about eternity, and definitely I cannot do that without being touched by God. Cleansed by God, because I have so many bondages, so many chains on my life, so many shackles that I need God to set me free by being in, in the presence of God, so that I can serve God fully and wholeheartedly. The Bible continues to say, and He said, "Go and tell these people: keep on hearing, but do not understand; keep on seeing, but do not perceive." Have you ever seen that? You preach the gospel to people; they look at you. What? They could not hear. They do not understand. And they see you walking; they don't perceive. They say, "I don't care about you. I don't receive your gospel, your message." You can share the testimony. They look at you and say, "No, not for me." And the Bible say, "Make the heart of these people dull and their ears heavy." And shut their eyes. You know why people in America shut their eyes and ears to the gospel? 
because of the corruption in the church, because Christians are hypocrites. I love Jesus, but turn around, cheat, and lie, and commit adultery and do bad things. When people see Christian do like that, they say, "No way! I don't want to go to church. The church is full of hypocrites." How are we going to resolve that problem? How are we going to open the hearts and the eyes and the ear of people? This is the antidote for America. Let they see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and return and be healed. What is the first thing they need to see? Again, let me read one more time. Let they see with their eyes. You need to be a living, walking Bible. You need to be like Jesus in your workplace. You're so kind, you're so humble that your kids are watching you. When you curse your wife, you yell to your wife, you abuse your wife or their mom. They look at you and say, "I don't want your God." When I turn 18, I'm gonna walk away from your, your church because I have the right to do anything now. I'm an adult. You need to let your kids see that you are a godly man. You need to let your friend in the office see that you are loving, giving, helping, showing kindness, and love. Be honest, employee. Work hard. You need to let them see Jesus in you. And you cannot let them see Jesus in you until you are touched by Jesus, until you feel with Jesus, until He come in and cleanse you from all those junk and bondages of your life, and you walk around like Jesus. And they will say, "I like to go to church with you. I like Jesus, because when they see with their eyes, they will hear with their ears. When they see your life change, and you say, 'Can I share with you something?' They say, 'Okay, share, share. I want to hear.'" Because I'm impressed with you, and then when they hear, their heart understands, and what happened? They will return to God and be healed. My dear brother and sister, that's why we need the presence of God in our midst. We need to be marinated by the presence of God. We need to be touched by His perfection. Get the junk out of our life. Get the unforgiveness, bitterness, resentment, selfishness, addiction, human things out of our life, and fill our life with Jesus, the presence of Jesus, so that people will see Jesus through us, and then their ear will be open, and their eyes will see, and their heart will be melt, and they will listen to your gospel. Amen. This is one of the reasons. I continue to work two jobs, as a doctor and as a pastor. One of the reason, because I want people to know that preachers are not for money. I can earn my own living. I don't need your money. I want people in America to know that not every preacher is talking about money to get your money. I want people in Thailand to know that educated people like me can serve God and love God. I want them to see. This man, who is a neurosurgeon, serve God and live a holy life, so that they turn away from Buddhism, turn away from Buddha, and believe in my Jesus. Amen. 
I want to, them to be impressed with Jesus in me. Hallelujah. That man in this room, you need to be example to your kids. Otherwise, you send your kids to hell. Wife, ladies, you need to be example to your kids, to your husband. If your husband are not a believer yet, you need to be example, so that he will see your example and he will see Christ in you, and he will be saved. Don't be religious. Don't preach to them. Be kind, and loving. Bring the presence of God back to your home, and I believe your spouse and your children shall be saved. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah, Father. We thank you so much, Lord, for teaching us. The truth today. We want to learn more, Lord. We want to understand about the presence of God, Lord. We want Your glory to fill our life. We believe, Lord, the glory of the latter house will be greater than the early church. Lord, speak to Your people in this room to be hungry and to understand the importance of the presence of God. To welcome your presence in their life, in their house, in their home, in their care group, and in the church, they will come to church every Sunday with hunger, and they will come and praise God and say, "For God is good, and His mercy endures forever." And your presence will show up, and their life will never be the same. I pray, Father, you will bring revival to great Seattle area. Lord, you will bring revival to America, that many people will turn away from wickedness, but come to know God. May your church shine the light of God to the society, not with condemnation, attacking people, but with the love of Jesus and by the goodness of God. We pray, Father, in Jesus' mighty name, that we all will experience the goodness of God. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. But I want to encourage you. Please don't attack homosexuality. Please don't attack government. Don't use our mouth to condemn anybody. We should love them and pray for them. People come to know God through the goodness of God. Not by attacking them on the stage, on the pulpit, attacking them on the YouTube, it will turn people away. They need to see your example, that you are godly, you are good people. Amen. Attacking people will not help. Love people, show goodness to them. That's why our church never attack any homosexual people because we love them. We want them to be saved. We don't agree, but we love them. We don't agree with sinners, but we love them. We don't attack them. We we want them to come to know the goodness of God, and see God is good, not as a judging God, condemning God. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Let us stand up. Hallelujah. Anyone in this room don't know Jesus yet? If you want to become a child of God, very simple. You believe in your heart, and you confess with your mouth. That Jesus is your Lord and your Savior, and you confess your sin, you repent of your sin, you shall be saved. Why don't you pray with me if you want to really be born again, Father in heaven? 
I repent of my sin. I ask you, Lord, to forgive me. Thank you, Lord Jesus, the Son of the Living God, that you died for me. You shed your blood on the cross for me, Lord Jesus. I believe in my heart, and now I confess with my mouth that you are my Lord and my Savior. Come into my life right now. Be my God, my Savior. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. From today on, Lord, I want to live in your presence. May your presence show up everywhere I go, all day long, in my home, in my car, in my office, everywhere, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We trust that this message is ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at 206-275-1042. You may also visit our website online at www.newhopeinternationalchurch.com. I'm so thirsty. Thank you.